The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. Happy Milverine Day. I am Paul Noonan of <laughs> Acme Packing Company and Shepherd Express. Uh, if you don't know what that means, um, I don't know, go, be, be in Milwaukee. You're not from Milwaukee. Yeah, you're not from <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> ah, one of Milwaukee's great characters. Uh, so we just, uh, I guess we lost to the Patriots technically, but the game didn't actually end. So um, I don't know, just call it a nothing burger. Um, no contest. No contest. Uh, most importantly, Isaiah Bolden, who was hurt and was the cause of the game ending, is okay. Out of the hospital, uh, he seems to be fine, so hooray for that and everything. Uh, and uh, we have the Seahawks coming up next week, so to help uh, wrap this up and go over preseason and crap like that, um, uh, first of all, in Urban Wauwatosa, as usual, we have. Hey, it's Jay. Yes, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It, uh, a nothing burger preseason game, just like a regular preseason game that ends in regulation. They're all the same, guys. <laughs> good good point. Good point. It is as meaningful as any other preseason game. Uh, indeed. And uh, if you don't know who Milverine is, you can also look at J.R.'s post that he wrote in the JS Online That's right. today. Um, yes. Yeah. So that. And uh, Matt already talked, so we may as well introduce <laughs> you. What's happening, everybody? My name is Matt. You can call me Mattel. Back me packing company. Weave Weaver and general Twitter <laughs> rabble rouser. Um, so when I read the Milverine headline earlier today, I thought it said that he was going to throw out the first punch at the Brewers game, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's fitting because the photo with the story He's holding his fist. kind of with his yeah. dukes up. Yeah. So like that 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 totally that totally made sense. But no, just throwing out the first pitch at the Brewers game, local celebrity, the Milverine on uh, superhero day. So it is it is a fitting tangent uh, tying in the Brewers, the, the city of Milwaukee. Love it, actually. Uh, but so, yeah, first punch. That made sense to me. We have a we have a, a shirtless character in Colorado Springs. Um, everybody refers to him as Naked Cowboy, even though that's the the New York guy. The th- the, that's the, the dude. New York yeah, New York. Yeah. But so it's it's a dude who. Um, is shirtless in like Wranglers. He carries a like a two foot by three foot American flag in his back pocket, like on a stick, uh, walking his dog, okay. cowboy hat, um, just cut, has like 12 abs, 
um, and literally just like stands on street corners flexing. Like when someone's driving by, like if if you sneak up on him, he's like walking normal. And then when he notices that someone's around, he's like, (laughs) JR, are there any of the And then he ran for mayor, by the way. Yeah, people do that. (laughs) He ran for mayor. It was hard to run for mayor because he had to be flexing all the time when he was in the public eye. He wore a shirt the whole time. People were like, who is this? And then someone's like, naked cowboy. Like, oh, why would I vote for naked? (laughs) His platform is flexing. I was going to ask, um, have you run into all of the local celebrities? I think I have. Oh, oh no. Oh, okay. I, I sure don't think so. Well, so I guess it depends on what you characterize. A lot of the, I think, great Milwaukee local celebrities are, well, are not, not Dick with Bacon. us. Like yeah, Dick Bacon <laughs> or the cannoli guy. RIP to both of those gentlemen. Um, you know, I've certainly been in the presence of David Gruber, who yeah. is, I think, the number one Milwaukee celebrity. Uh-huh. I I have never been in the presence of the Milverine. I, oh, wow. I have, okay. I've, I've been in the presence twice. of the freeway, yep. but yeah, I, I've never, never run into him. I've never seen him in the wild. He is certainly, certainly a a guy who shows up on social media quite a bit. He's pretty, pretty friendly with the Insta at the, these days, but uh, with the gram, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I've never, I've never seen him in person. That's okay. what, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I think I, I, all of the ones that are living I've run into, and Pepperoni Cannoli guy. Um, so I, I really like, I got a good bingo card going on here. This is good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I, I know none of these people. <laughs> no, we are. This is pure Milwaukee jargon right here. Yes. Yes, it is. By the way, Matub, do you use the phrase parking ramp when you, in, in Colorado, when someone says parking ramp, what are you picturing in your head? Um, like a parking garage. Yeah, okay. So I thought that was a universal term, and apparently that's very regional. Apparently that's yeah. a thing only we do up here in the Midwest. Oh. That, that, that is not a, even a thing they say in Michigan. So What do other people call it? Just a parking, just parking garage? garage. Oh, yeah. right. Parking garage. Parking garage. Or a structure. Parking structure. Like, Yeah, that works. we wrote about that today, Jeff. So, so in, like, in, the, in the springs, there's a big P, and then the word garage around it in a circle. like, And that's where you yeah, go. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we have that too. We have the big circle P. That's not that novel. We just call that the parking ramp <laughs> and the garage. I, like, yeah. I, it, it, look, it, it makes sense. It makes sense because right. because the whole thing is a ramp. Yes. Like, I get it. One thousand percent. Yeah, I, yeah, there's not going to be any confusion about the term. Sure. If you tell people what it is. So it's not like unlike, bubbler. Which yeah, I literally was about to say unlike unlike bubbler. I don't even know where that comes from. It's it's a brand name. It's, it's like saying Kleenex. And wasn't it actually a slightly different than the modern water fountain? I thought it like I don't, shot up I don't believe bowl. so, but I believe yeah. they were made in Wisconsin, yes? They were, and there's actually two. I think Upstate New York actually does this too, although if anybody is from Upstate New York, feel free to correct me, but there's one other random region. Connecticut. Is it yeah, Connecticut? Okay. You're absolutely right. It's it's the right neck of the woods, yep. Yeah. Um, they, for some reason, use bubbler as well, so um it's it's weird somebody should do a podcast about it but not not here uh, no, so not it's it, yeah it's it's using the brand name as the item like yeah, kleenex like or kleenex. band-aid yeah what are we doing this podcast about this is about foot- the seahawks this is about preseason football um yeah <laughs> oh, right oh. so we we are we are playing out a scenario of you're watching preseason football <laughs> and this is the discussion <laughs> yeah it's a good time to have on the you know be doing other things it's like watching csi miami or something it's not on for your full attention it's right. on it's, you know something to something Look, to have it, on while you're making dinner no if you're watching csi miami it is the opening pun the sunglasses the yeah and then like that's it. It's just cycle to the next episode. Same you don't episode. need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> ah, all right. We can talk about the game a little bit, I suppose. Um, I mean, Love looks pretty good. You look pretty like, good. You, I'm not gonna say great. I'm not yeah. gonna say awesome, but like, 
I would have. It's I, fine. I feel like he is a little bit overrated in that game. Um, that first of all, Dobbs b- bailed him out with that catch that maybe wasn't even a catch in the first place. That should have <laughs> been should have been a touchdown. Like wing that out there. I hear they've been running that in practice and it's gone a lot better than that. But like, st- I want to see it. I want to see throws to Luke Musgrave that hit him in the hands, not are five feet over his head that is already five feet higher than everybody else's head is. Um, that would be nice. Um, but it, he, like he was good, he moved the ball down the field. But you know, it it was an okay game, but not a great game. I feel like we're get, there's too much like Jordan's going to be awesome after that game. That's kind of undeserved. That's all. It, he was fine. Could have been worse. It seems to be the big issue with him coming out of that game. Well, I mean, really all camp. He can't he can't throw a deep ball, right? Like he has he doesn't seem to have that skill set developed. So Tuesday is actually a day of practice where he, you know, rep- hits a couple of them, or at least all the tweets indicated yes. so that, we uh, that he hit a couple of them. And, and that that is extremely good news to the Packers fans ears because that's the missing piece. Right. You, you could probably trust him to run a low, you know, low ceiling offense at this point pretty pretty competently but you you want to be able to hit those one or two shots and if you've got the speed guys to do it you 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 know you really want to be able to hit those shots well a speed guy to do it in you know christian watson yeah but uh yeah i I mean you hear that news at practice like oh maybe maybe we're turning the corner here maybe jordan love is learning the deep ball that seems like the the last big thing you want to see before things get going here that would be good that would be good uh they also have not run watson deep very much it's been to other guys so that that'll also help because he's much better at it than pretty much everyone else is. So yeah. Um, also, love is anatomically created to throw the deep ball, no so kidding. it bothers me. So his his so weird, isn't it? Well, his specifically his forearm length. Um, <laughs> it, what? I thought you were just going to talk about what he did at college. <laughs> but no, it's forearm length. It's no, so that's weird. the thing. Like, so it's 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 like I believe you, yes. It's like running. It's a lever arm thing, right? And if your forearms are, are too long in relation to the rest of your arm, it gives you a lot of torque, but it gives you a slower release. So he can't do the quick hitters that Rodgers could, but theoretically he should be able to just torque 170 yards. Which he can do once in a while. just doesn't always show up. So, yep. Um, the other thing that I think has been overrated about this game, and I, this is me being online too much, actually, um, <laughs> it, it, it is the quality of the receiver play because, uh, and this is to Love's credit, like uh, the the Reed touchdown, like he wasn't that open. It was a great throw, uh, led him perfectly, but like if it's behind him at all, it's broken up. Uh, a lot of the Dobbs catches, he was were contested catches. There were some Musgrave plays where he got wide open, and good for him on that. Um, Wait, the, the read play like when the crosser when he yeah when he beat the that, he was open he was he was he was open he was he was NFL he open step. he was NFL open he was NFL open like he was <laughs> but he wasn't like he wasn't that open no um, you had to I put mean, that ball right where he put it sure but but yeah that's the thing is that's that's a throw I would expect thirty two out of thirty two guys to make uh yes not I would say not that was a I would say it was a great throw because it hit him exactly in stride and allowed him to get into the end zone I think a lot of quarterbacks. Sure don't hit him that well um i I should rephrase that's a completion for 32 starters that's fine i think that's fair yes um but it was it was a good lead so there's that but i would like to see some more separation from every uh, every single receiver on the team um it's uh they've been a little too covered for my taste and part of that scheme is not going to be the full scheme in the preseason because you don't want to give stuff away but like win a one-on-one battle every once in a while that would be nice (laughs) all right calm down mike mccarthy 
I love this uh, paranoid little theory you have referring to Watson not going deep that they are running him on all these conservative or, or not necessarily conservative, but they're just like running jet motion and cross formation. And that 100% because it's not on film, the first play of the season against the Bears, they're there. It's going to be that. the exact same bomb. <laughs> it is absolutely going to be that. Last year. Yes. That is going to be their first offensive uh, play. It's going to be a 75 yard bomb to Watson. It's going to happen. He better catch the damn thing. But. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I ran this theory in, uh, in my first play in Madden, yeah, in my franchise, um, I ran, I ran a uh, play action uh, deep corner off of uh, um, uh, twelve personnel. Okay, very packed uh, play. And the safety bit on the play action, and Watson absolutely smoked whatever Bears corner was on him. Like it, it was he was embarrassingly open. And so, if that <laughs> happened in real life, I would be I'd be quite happy. <laughs> I mean, they're going to do it. It's a foregone conclusion. We have to, every week when the regular season is going on, make uh, specific predictions at Acme Packing Company. That will be mine That's when it one. comes up, yeah. and it's going to be right. So just prepare for that in advance. What a, what a, It would be an amazing redemption story if he catches it after last year. Yes. I mean, it would be that would just be perfect. Oh, my God. A gift from the content gods if that pull, got pulled off. I love that. <laughs> the narrative is fantastic. No. <laughs> Gives me chills. Love a good narrative. Top ten times irony existed. <laughs> uh, but if only he could throw a pass to Luke Musgrave. It feels like that may never happen. Yeah, Luke Musgrave has been cheated out of a lot of yards this preseason, and I think to most people's credit, like he still kind of gets credit for being open and bringing down the bad throws that he brings down. But he should have like a couple touchdowns and a couple like big gainers that. Uh, they've just been behind him or high, and it's unfortunate. But I, I want to see him run. Like I want to see that guy catch the ball and just torch people upfield, and it just hasn't happened yet. So um, let's work on it. It's a weird – the Musgrave thing is weird because I feel like the throws are high because Musgrave is high. Like, I, like that's gotta be it right like it's gotta be a, a mental thing where like okay all my receivers are kind of the same size i throw it between the numbers and then there's this guy who's like just freaking huge and so i have to adjust i don't have this muscle memory and i throw it up to get it there but it's not quite right like that seems to be what's Hold happening on. so i'm googling if marijuana is legal in oregon right now let me see here uh, yeah <laughs> pretty sure it, so so um there's a phenomenon in um, auto racing called target fixation that, that you're kind of describing where let's say you're running a track day and there's a car that breaks down on the side and you're coming around a corner and you're just looking at it and going, don't hit that car. Don't hit that car. Don't you're going to hit it like guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know, don't, don't throw it too low. Don't throw it too low. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I feel like that exists outside of auto racing too, as just a, <laughs> as a like typical the, psychological thing. But, I like the example yeah. though. I don't have a better I do, one off the top I do too. of my you're head. Right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Like, I, I can I can give you a hundred video examples without looking for it. Like, if you just search target fixation, you'll see like motorcycles hitting pedestrians and cars hitting other. Like, it's it's a very common thing. There's a. In, uh, if I may be the oldest person in the world momentarily, um, <laughs> th th for all you young people, there used to be a comedy show called The Kids in the Hall. And they, had, yeah. a, they had a sketch uh, where uh, Kevin McDonald got into his head just over and over again the phrase, don't throw salt in your eye. <laughs> after, after, thir after 30 seconds of thinking it, he kept doing it every single time. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, sketch comedy used to be where it was at. Yes, friends. yes it did. That was very funny. And also, stuff. like, like Kids in the Hall and Upright Citizens Brigade, I think, are two that go unremembered or unheralded. Yeah, it's they, not fair. Yeah, I mean, they were on cable when not a lot of people had cable. UCB especially, like, they had like a season of cable with, uh, uh you know, famous people now who are names are escaping me, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there, so there's Famous there is men. there is one sketch from Upright Citizens Brigade that our listeners might actually know. I don't remember if you guys remember the uh, the pennies bit. Nope. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how PG we're going to be on the. But anyway, he talks about putting pennies in your butt and then spending them. So and then doing the math on like how how long it would take for you to be with someone who had touched your butt pennies. <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, never seen that before. <laughs> Let's segue. I the Patriots like, have I feel a like receiver mine was more named on point. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Segue. <laughs> the Patriots have a receiver named Booty. So that's that's where we're segueing. Tough tough moment for Carrie. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. Um, Aaron, <laughs> you uh, you mentioned that Aaron Jones looks awesome. Running backs in general, man. Like, yeah. They're, they're all good. You're right about that. I, I would say Dylan still looks the worst, but even he looked pretty darn good. He looked he looked confident. He like, did. Especially so on the touchdown to Reed. Dylan threw a hell of a block. That block was great. It was like a wrestling move. Everybody should well, go and watch he saw, it. So Watson Watson released a little bit early, or the guy beat Watson. I don't really know how exactly it went. But Dylan completely ignored the play action and was just like, all right, I'm going to throw this block. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, two, so, a two-step block, which is why it looked like a kind of a wrestling move where it was Dylan contacts guy, and then guy just kind of moves not of his own accord. It, it was uh, just very well done. Love that play, but yeah, they're Emmanuel all good. Wilson. Manuel Wilson looks good. He's like, gonna, is he going to make this team? I, uh, it's it depends uh, on health for other guys. It, it like, depends totally, on but. that a lot, and also <laughs> uh, uh, we we've heard whispers that they might want to see if he can handle a heavier workload because mm. the in shape thing with him may be a little yeah. bit of, uh, an issue. Appar- apparently, when he was the featured back for one series, he was completely gassed. Yeah, um, Jr. You'll you'll right. appreciate the reference I I made in the Slack chat. Um, I I oh, referred we'll to him. We'll I referred see. to him as a quad A player. Oh, so a baseball reference. Okay, okay. Baseball reference. The yes. thing is, we yes. don't know that he's not. Usually, quad A players have a history of coming up to the majors and failing, and then going back down and succeeding. And we have he might be good. Running backs are often good at the NFL. I mean, he, yeah, he he might be good. But when you have someone who is um, just absolutely dunking on fourth quarter preseason, yeah, fine, and, but good can't point. can't hang for a whole half. I feel like the evidence is in your favor. To I just feel like that. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure they're going to keep him um, because it's easiest like running backs are a dime a dozen. You can practice squad stash him. You can keep Patrick Taylor around if you trust him a little more. But I feel like he has really good vision. He almost always makes the right cut. Um, he seems to see where he's going very well. He finishes with power. And the one pass he caught was a thing of beauty too. Like just hand seam nails with that guy. So I would like to yeah. see more of him. And you know, even if he doesn't make the team, uh, running backs get hurt so much that there's a very good chance he'll wind. Think about what happened. Was it last year when we had no running backs at one point or two? Whatever. It happens fairly and, regularly. And, and Patrick Taylor yo-yoed constantly between the active uh-huh. roster and the practice squad. Yes. Which yeah. A, says that the Packers really like him because they had many opportunities to just go in a different direction. But B, also that you know running backs aren't necessarily like in high demand anywhere. Right. Because otherwise somebody would have picked him up. So it's, it's just a... Yeah. It's not like Emmanuel Wilson's going to be like the first guy... That some other team snipes, snipes away from the Packers. If he goes to the practice squad, like that's not going to happen because there's a whole bunch of Emmanuel Wilsons out there that teams already have. 
So it's a safe play if you need to stash him to stash him versus a lot of other people that. But, and and also like if you uh, are athletically scouting him, but he he ran like a four six six or something at the combine. Like it's, it's not a great raz, but you yeah, know people, people are going to see that and be like. Uh, but I, then of I, course, I feel like, like that's why he, I mean he's available because his raz is bad, but he has vision and power. So you know it happens. Well, the the thing that everybody wanted to talk about was in the Bengals game when he. Um, on his 80-yard touchdown, he was the fastest recorded ball carrier in the last like four years or something. He hit 22 miles an hour. Yeah, and and people were like, "Oh, 40 times don't matter." And it's like, okay, well, he ran for 80 yards, and he had a really <laughs> he had a really bad 10-yard split. He did, which means that he is still accelerating at 40 yards. Like, <laughs> and in fact, he almost got caught by a safety who was like a four-seven guy. Yeah, so. Don't believe preseason uh, next-gen numbers either. Just don't. It's, oh, I believe that they're accurate. I, I don't think that they it's, mean anything. It's preseason for them, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, a lot going on, starting on the very first <laughs> series, when Josh Myers went ahead and snapped the ball into the backfield. Um, he's going to be the starting center, I still think. They because keep of... talking him up. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we trust Josh and... But he did. In practice he's going to be today. the third best center on that line. Yes. Third best center. Yes. And he's going to be the starting center. He snapped one into Musgrave at practice today too. Um, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are they? Yeah, doing but the here? comments were trying to blame Love, which was my favorite part. Yep. But like, so the, he he shouldn't have called for the snap, and it's like I'm pretty I don't, sure he did. Don't think he called for the snap with Musgrave in his line of vision to the ball. <laughs> pretty sure the guy who couldn't see him did it. Um, I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, this is maybe just a draft pick thing. This is a vulnerability for them because uh, Myers was a controversial selection, and he hasn't been terrible for a couple of years. He's been hurt and okay, uh, but he just is not as good as so many other people on the roster. Are. There's no reason yeah. to do this, you know. Like, uh, well, so he was second round pick, and he can't do anything else. Yep. So yeah, he's not versatile either. That hurts him too. Yeah. He can only play center. Everybody else can play multiple positions. It's, you did see who they got rid of, who got rid of is too strong, but they had an injury settlement with on Tuesday, right? That would be Jake Hansen for a Farewell, Yeah, Jake that's going to be strong air quotes on the injury settlement there. <laughs> he has a yes. shin. People always it's, have injury settlements because of their shin. It's like, did the shin shatter? Is that what happened there? Well, so there's, there's the it's old joke of like, DL situation. well, there's the old joke of like, okay, we, we need to take a bottom of the roster guy and drop a dumbbell on his foot. Like, okay, you're going on IR, buddy. <laughs> but, like, uh, but they should oh, let on. you pick, um, so that you can indicate to other teams that you're not actually that hurt. And that's, I, I feel like that's what the shin is. You know, you don't want it to be too wimpy, but you want it to be like, oh, that guy's fine. He can come play for us now. <laughs> totally like a phantom IL in baseball. Yep. Uh, you suddenly have shoulder pain. What do we? What are we supposed to do about that? Because you just gave up, you know, six runs in your last three out, you know, three outings. I miss flu-like um, symptoms. <laughs> the best analogy yeah. ever. Uh, Rashid Walker, one of the breakouts of this game, and uh, I'd say he's the offensive standout. JJ Enigbari on defense. It, it feels like he's worked his way into probably some pretty, you know, pretty key play, you know, playing time, yeah. or at least absolutely next guy up at left tackle, which is interesting. Yeah. I feel like they've they've got a lot of guys. They've got a lot of depth. They just, you know, it's just Josh Myers is still going to be the center, which is kind of kind of breaking my brain a little bit. Yeah, you might say he's the center of the discussion. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, funny. I do also. I, I still they, think Zach Tom. 
we, we, Tom's the center. I, I okay. think that will eventually happen. We'll have a question kind of on this subject later. But if they do, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they look to trade Yash at some point. Um, I know people want, kind of think that about Bakhtiari, but I think Nyman's actually fairly likely to go at some point. So I would I would wager on that a little bit. And they have so much tackle depth. They can actually afford that. And if this is a season to just generate picks and clear cap space for the future, go ahead and do that. Uh, Sean Clifford almost put a couple of receivers in the hospital. <laughs> he is bad. People need to stop talking like he's good. He sucks. I can't I can't believe that with the balls he was throwing that it was a Patriot who got hurt. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, um, Malik Heath did have his helmet knocked off um, on, a, on a pass that should have been intercepted by four different Patriots. Um, yeah. And uh, he hospital balled Grant DuBose at one point, who was just... Uh, you know, to all to all their credits, just stood up and shook it off right away. But uh, we talked last week about the twenty eighty scale. That thirty arm is dead on accurate. That that ball is so slow getting there. And if not for Heath, he would have had like two interceptions in this game. Um, one got called back for OPI. That was interception or a fumble, whatever you want to call that. Batted up in the air thing. And then he should have had another one with that dehelmeting that should have been picked too. Um, he's, uh, he's not good and you know, he is older than love as we should keep pointing out. So I, I, I want to compare all 25 year olds to Kenny Clark. Yeah. Cause that's, that's my go-to. <laughs> so, uh, in Kenny Clark's fifth season prior to his fifth season, he signed a $70 million extension entering year five. Yep. And then two months later he turned 25. <laughs> Man, I saw a bear, I saw a bear writer today, um, pontificating that they may go after, um, Jonathan Taylor, uh, and that they would send back, quote, young backs in return. Uh, all the bare backs are older than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. The only one that's not is Roshan, and they just drafted him. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, Jonathan Taylor is 24. Would be, bears would be an objectively funny place for him to land, though. I mean, it would be there... a very bare move to do, but probably not going to happen. I think everybody's smarter than this at this point, even the bears. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Are, are they? <laughs> I did not see the Chicago mention, actually. I saw a couple other teams. I think Miami was maybe one Miami of them. Miami was, I, I think, the big front runner that I saw. So that's what I put yeah. my money on. I'm super Miami. fascinated to see where he goes. Wisconsin guy, of course. Yes. Is Miami going to compete this year? I mean, I think so. They think they will. It's the AFC, and they just lost their number one corner. Yeah, but they have lots, all kinds of good offensive players, and they think that they're good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, Malik Keith makes this roster? Ah, tough one um a lot of receivers uh, with yeah, so much depth yeah hard decisions to make um a lot of those depth guys by the way were drafted you know like dubose and wicks like, they, i don't yeah. think they're gonna keep heath over those guys i think but he, he's so good <laughs> <laughs> i think so it, good. it actually so i do think Toure is in a little bit of a, a trouble but they do seem to trust him and they still have him high on the depth chart um I do think you maybe sneak Dubose onto a practice squad and maybe not have him claimed. Uh, I mean, he did last to the seventh. He's not a great Raz guy, but um, I, they also they may get a break from Dontavian Wicks being hurt, and this may be a mm. situation where there's shenanigans. I mean, you can't just hire guys to make space at this point, and but you can play some shenanigans and you know have Wicks make the team and then instantly put him on IR or whatever and bring up another guy if, if it's bad. But uh, it's going to be tight, uh, and they're probably going to have to cut somebody worthwhile. Like that's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. Um, and uh, maybe it's one of the eighteen safeties. <laughs> but like the other thing is, they can't 
they can't keep seven receivers for the whole season. Like they're going to be a base twelve and and twenty two team, yeah. uh, not twenty twenty one team. Like you don't need that many receivers. It, it, it's not a good idea. So I think six is kind of the max, and I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Uh, but Heath, he's shown out. He was really, 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 really good last year. He was an excellent college player. Uh, he's obviously very tough. He survived Sean Clifford hospital balls for two games now. Um, <laughs> and like I like him a lot. I've gotten into an awkward situation on Twitter where people keep putting him up against Toure, who are they're both kind of my guys. <laughs> they both were great Rops guys with like somewhat lackluster Raz scores, but like clearly some of the best players on their team and in football. So um, I, I think he's going to make it at least temporarily and probably stick because of injuries. They'll probably work itself out. But yeah, I think he's earned it, and I think he'll make it. I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do it. So depth at receiver, also a lot of depth at pass rush because their first round pick, Lucas Van Ness, doesn't look like he's going to do a whole heck of a lot early on in his career. And it doesn't, it's probably not that big a deal. Like JJ Nagbari is ridiculous. And <laughs> you got some good defensive line play, you know, like had Carl Brooks, Wooden to some degree. It seems like and Rashawn Gary is, is, is active. It's he, active. Rashawn Gary practiced stuff. today. He did a lot. I know he did. I know he did. Like that's wild stuff, guys. Yeah, uh, they th might be okay on that front. They're fine on that front. Um, and by the way, Van Ness wasn't terrible in that game. It's just that he was overshadowed by everyone else who was amazingly awesome. <laughs> uh, he was in particular good against the run, which is nice to have around if yeah, you need an, an edge rusher in obvious rushing downs. He's a good guy to have out there. But in a Bari man, uh, like he, he was a good uh, soft skill guy last year. Who was a little lacking on the athleticism side, which is why he fell. Like edges who lack athleticism don't get drafted highly. But he he was either first or second in college football in pressures. I think just behind Aiden, um, and he looks like a monster now. Like he looks like a true best shape of his life guy. I know that <laughs> that stiff arm pass rush he had was amazing. And then the one, the one where he jumped at, I think it was Bailey Zappi at that point. The one where he just like stopped was standing straight up, like jumped backwards and landed on his head. I think that was the strip sack. That was amazing. It was a great feat of athleticism. He was fun to watch. Like that guy might be a monster. I don't know if this will resonate, but he, you know, the way he celebrated that 55 Jersey reminded me a lot of Desmond Bishop. Just kind of looked. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I was literally going to say like, I like that. Yeah. It yeah. looks like that. Like he's built like him. It's totally. Also, also I was going to make a joke and say that I haven't seen an edge or a, or a linebacker wear 55 and look that good since Desmond Bishop. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, that, that was definitely, it was definitely the vibes at this point. Bishop played so long ago. I'm not even sure that reference is going to land with people where, you know, it's already he was on the, he was old. on the Super Bowl team. I know. That Think of how long ago that ago. is. <laughs> That's like, seriously, almost a generation ago. There are, are high school kids that do not remember that we're not born for that Super Bowl. Um, <sighs> All right, that's maybe a little bit. You're, please don't do things like that to me. Like, <laughs> like the <laughs> no. I was in the office the other day and made an old school reference, and the person next to me, quite a bit younger. It's not like it's a shocker that she wouldn't know old school, but just had no point of reference for the movie old school. And I, I, you know, and you look it up and you realize that's twenty years old, and it's like it's forgivable. Tw two decades have gone by. Yes, since, <laughs> since Will Ferrell went streaking through the quad. I was going to say, I really hope he just didn't yell. We're going streaking in the middle of. The yeah. <laughs> that was not the reference. Many old school references. I would not scream in, in the office, but uh... so, okay. The Home Depot <laughs> weekend joke. Yep. Is nice little Saturday. Timeless. I know. It really. The is. older I get, the more I 
I identify yeah, with that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Very, nice little Saturday. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that line, you know how there are so many Seinfeldisms that became such a part of the vernacular that you didn't even know where it came from. It just became a thing people said, like close talker, or low talker, or no soup for you. You know, I feel like with old school, nice little Saturday is something that exists and people probably don't even know where it's from. Oh yeah. yeah nice little Saturday. Uh, I don't know if there's other lines from old school that really fit that bill. There probably are. I'm just, uh, you're, trying to you're crazy, them. man. I like you, but you're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> well, Sound of Silence is still, because of Disturbed, like a song that everyone of all generations know, and I think Old School had a little bit to do with that, bringing that song back into the, I mean, it didn't, it didn't really ever leave the mainstream. It's Paul also, Simon, it's legendary, but. Old School introduced us to the Dan Band, didn't it? The total yes. eclipse of the heart with the F word in it. Turn around, yeah. I fucking need you tonight. Yes. Incredible so. Oh, such a great flick. Yeah. So good. Uh, Anyway, pass so rush is good, which is important because is. they have zero safeties, None. zero point zero safeties. Zero safeties. You don't need safeties if no one gets to the second level. Okay, but you know Jair Alexander's not healthy, so uh, I'm not positive that the cornerbacks are going to be great either. You know, so uh, it'd be nice to know what's going on after if Darnell Savage is the one lock you have, and then it's Anthony Johnson maybe question mark as the as the other starter at this point. Like, there's a lot of so many questions. So with that group, yeah, I saw uh, Zach Cruz put out his locks and bubble guys today, and he still had um, Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford as locks, which uh, hard disagree. Hard disagree. Our lads, which usually has pretty good up to date depth charts, also has that by the way, which also hard disagree with them. Um, but it's a potential problem because, well, first of all, it's nice that Savage has been competent um, because he is a lock, and that might be stupid, but at least he's been okay. Um, but the other guys who are seemingly in the lead, if it's Owens and Ford, have been the worst safeties. Uh, Anthony Johnson has been, I think, the best on the other side, and it's definitely the one I would start. Um, but it's a problem because none of them are particular. It's going to be the weakest spot on the team. It's going to be something they have to cover up, and uh, it could be anybody. Um, it maybe is just whoever Rich Passaccia is not using that day on special teams. We may have devolved to that at the safety position at this point. But on the plus side, um, safety is not the most important position on the team. It is more important than some other positions, but it's mostly important if the rest of your defense is failing in some way, and it can be capitalized on, like that stupid booty um, touchdown that the Patriots got. That was, that was not great. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just can't wait for week 10 when, you know, Number six in your programs, but number one in your hearts, Dallin Leavitt is going to be your starting strong. Safety. You know, I was just thinking that, but but because Basachi have used him as so indispensable, that's probably actually not going to happen. Probably not. Probably not. He's uh, he's probably mad that Nixon is seeing more playing time. You know who's really going to suffer is is the content because if Jonathan Owens doesn't make this team, oh, yeah. I am going to be so depressed, guys. Yeah, I I real I don't he might not be a great safety. I don't know. I don't care, but. Every time we write about Simone Biles, huge, huge response. So like, aren't aren't him and AJJ like the same person physically? I I don't care. Like they're no. sh they're shorter and thick and. I don't know. Only like one of them is. I I don't know. I spoke. Owens is yeah. a little bit better an athlete actually, but it doesn't hmm. seem to translate on the field. Um, and I, yeah, I'm with you for the the journalists uh, amongst the amongst yeah the content is much better if he's on the team. That is I mean, in in, ter in terms of. Like the trending content, yes. Like it does not get any better than Simone Biles at every game. Yeah. And also, i I didn't catch I didn't catch if she was wearing like a terrible knockoff this week. Uh, 
<laughs> I didn't see it. I think it was a normal jersey this time. Uh, she, I believe, was hanging out with uh, AJ Dillon's wife and also, I want to say, Luke Musgrave's girlfriend and uh, Luke Van Ness's, Lucas Van Ness's girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know. It was all, it was on Instagram and whatnot. But uh, Lucas Van Ness's girlfriend, as a reminder, is Cole Komet's sister. Cole Komet being the Chicago Bears <laughs> tight end. They will meet in week one. Yep. That's going to be awkward. Sure is. I mean, it's, it's not as awkward as uh, AJ Hawk. And um, oh god, the quarterback from Notre Dame, Brady Quinn. Yeah, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn yeah. yeah, yeah. AJ AJ Hawk's married to Brady Quinn's sister, and then he sacked him. <laughs> fun fun family gatherings there. It's a good time. Oh, yes, good time. Did you who did who was the announcer? Was this Kevin Harlan for this game? Is that right? I think that's right. The... I have Kevin yeah. Harlan in my head saying his own name, so that sounds right. The passion <laughs> with which he said the name Boote on that touchdown, it was. <laughs> That was one of the most delightful things that happened in that game. It was really, really special. <laughs> it was. You ever notice the the easiest way to do an impression of a person is to just say their name, like they're a Pokemon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I'm with you on like, that. That's like how I do. It. I'm I'm Michael Caine. You see, like <laughs> I, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> like it's, it's the easiest way to do a Michael Caine impression. Yeah. You just say his name. Jr. Jr. did the the pun version of saying Michael Caine's name, which I do appreciate. <laughs> I'm Mike O'Kane. Yes. Uh, that's two different drugs that have been referenced on this edition of reporting as eligible. Uh, Carrington Valentine came down a little bit after the uh, the thrill ride he took us on in week one. Too, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How do you guys feel about him? Too physical and not physical enough, but still very good. Yeah. He's he's still there in coverage. Like nobody gets open mm-hmm. on him. He's just very handsy. And then on he was the booty guy, right? He 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 sure was. Him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, you're saying he was. Never mind. I'm, yeah, I am saying go, <laughs> that dude I'm was booty. <laughs> Jesus. That's not even what I, no, it doesn't matter. I think that one's kind of a one-off because usually he's tackling guys before the ball's even there, and uh, I do kind of wonder if that was a hey, keep your hands off, guys, for a second, so you don't get flagged for a second kind of play. But uh, I, I still think he, he is reliable, and nobody got open on him. It was just oh my god, I just realized, I just realized something. What? Carrying Valentine was a child during the reign of the Legion of Boom. So he probably looks up to them. They're probably here. So he yes. So he I was like I was like, when's the last time I saw a physical corner like that? And I was immediately thinking of the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And then I realized that he was a child. And that's probably the people that he grew up watching and I now I feel awful. <laughs> yep. I think the takeaway for Valentine is oh real quick then. The takeaway for Valentine yep. is that's a bad game for him and he was still one of the best corners. So that's good thing good problem to have. Two points. First of all, Matub, you just realized that because you Googled it because you have the loudest keyboard on planet Earth. I'm God, do you ever? I mean, it's fine. I that's how I realize things. These are these are them. even they're they're red switches. They're not even clicky. I don't know what to tell you, man. It sounded like you know you were under attack by a typist or something. No, sorry, I, I had this sudden realization and I was like, wait, how old is this dude? Mm-hmm. Uh, second point is that UW Green Bay had a great player who went to Milwaukee Pius in their basketball team named Carrington Love. So going from Carrington Love to Carrington Valentine is one of my favorite things about uh, about Wisconsin sports this year. Um, he played several years ago for UWGB. It's not like he was just there, but okay. still. Very nice. Yes. Uh, last thing. We, we'll do a little rapid fire after this, but Anders yeah. Carlson. Yeah, he made his kick. Anders. He did not make his kick on Tuesday. Anders, sorry. Might not need to learn how to pronounce his name, fortunately. <laughs> or unfortunately, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Man, like. It was really bad wind at Tuesday. Everybody pointed out the wind was really, really bad. He missed a bunch of them. I just, man, I are they really going to try this? The is wind really is bad in Green Bay a lot. It's Green Bay. 
You have to kick also, when the wind is bad. My, but my favorite defense of him was multiple beat writers going, look, man, the ball just fell out of the sky. Oh, and the missed 43-yarder, yes, that was. <laughs> Which I'm even willing to give you like a one-off of that happening. There, one in a million things happen once in a while. But like he's been so bad on the rest of it. it and also, today I was looking... I was looking at college film of Anders Carlson today because that's what I did part of the day. And I found him coming up short on a 45-yard field goal. So he actually made it. But the ball went 46 yards. <laughs> so, Man. like, he can bang it. Like, the, the one he made in the game was very long and would have been good from longer. But he seems to miss hit too many. Like, they just lose all their power. He's they. I can't believe they haven't brought in competition for him at this point. Yeah, it's it's. Bizarre. They've got me. They've got me convinced that they will lose at least one game because of because oh, of a kick absolutely. that he should have made. Yeah, this is going to be Viking Town for them. It's going to be like the Daniel Carlson Viking experiment, which you know, the lesson there was they shouldn't have cut him, but that guy could kick like eighty yards and it was an awesome college kicker, and this guy Canton was a crappy college kicker. So, um, no excuse here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, we got questions coming up. Did you want to say anything, Matab, before we... Well, we we have a punch list. Really quick, that... yeah. really quick news. Really quick news. I didn't see that Jackson Smith Jigba broke his wrist. He did. He broke his wrist, which is pertinent because he's on Seattle. Who they play? Oh, so yeah, no. he's he's af- he's afraid of Valentine. That's what it is. Yep, that's it. So it is unclear how long he will be out. Uh, early uh, assessments were he maybe he will play in week one. I don't think that's the case. Two, maybe he will be out kind of a long time, which seems more likely <laughs> since he has a broken wrist that requires surgery if memory serves. So yes, um, so the it, the original report was wrist surgery. And then it, the follow-up was to fix a break. Yeah, to fix a break. So, yep, JSN, not off to a good start. Uh, Oops. Yes. All right, Tyler Davis to injured reserve. No surprise there. Nope. That doesn't rule him out for the season, but he's probably out. He's out for the season. Uh, Elijah Hamilton and Melvin Pierre, Marvin Pierre, brought in this week. One guy is slow and non-agile. And that's the other correct, one has yes. A, the other one is an athlete. He's a 903 Raz, also, so that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Elijah Hamilton's bad. I don't know why they brought him in. They should get rid of him right now. The guys you bring in in the middle of camp like this, I I think of them like MLB draft picks. Like maybe in three years they emerge into something, but they're not something that can be concerned about right now. Yeah, you're just filling out a roster. But also like like even then, like I know four people who were drafted technically in the MLB. (laughs) Like does it – like, isn't it like if, if you played in high school and you were an athlete in college, you get drafted? Isn't that, isn't that how it works? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Not as much anymore. It's down to 20 rounds. So it used to be much longer. And yes, that used to be true. But not as much anymore. Now now it is 
mostly dudes uh for at least for at least the first half but uh all right we ready for questions or is there anything yep, else let's do it all right we're starting of course with patreon questions you get question priority if you are a patron we'll start with mark Putscarby. should all the right. packers trade bakhtiari that was newsy this week when, <laughs> when discussion around that they they should not do that um I mean, if they got back enough, then yes. But the problem with Bakhtiari is the Packers have no cap room. They are, they I think they're something like six million dollars under the cap, and they need they need that money for midseason adjustments and things like that. And Bakhtiari has thirty eight million dollars in dead cap as of this moment. So um, you got to put that somewhere if you trade him, and that's just very difficult. And there's no reason like he's still useful and good and you can trade him next year if you want and not have a huge stupid dead cap it so that yeah um he's not the one you should focus on he's hard to move he puts them in a tough situation and i know he's it's fun to be like let's get him back with aaron but it's just not a realistic situation he's not the future it's a good thought but can't happen this year okay flip side of that coin uh aaron apparently is the gm of the jets he is he is we knew that (laughs) and there are realistic trade scenarios where it would be worth moving money around this year to take sure, the cap. Sure, if you get back enough, but do the Jets even have that many picks to give you anymore? You got them. Well, all so part, well, so part of the trade scenarios that have been floated is that um, you erase the sixty-five percent thing and guarantee the first. Okay, but like that's but I'm saying like that's just like a part of it. Like yeah, and then and then you include the second automatically. Pretty minor. So, I would, and I'm just like there's. There are scenarios out there. Also, his cap hit next year is like forty-two million dollars. It is. It is. Like they, he's not going to be a Packer next year. So again, good question for that. He's not going to be on the team next year, but it's just hard to do right now. That's all. Now, Ken Ingles mentioned uh, October thirty-first. Why? I don't. It's something to do with I don't know. There's m- not a money here that starts on the thirty-first. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm remembering him mentioning something about all right. Trading yeah, I saw that too. After October thirty-first, I don't know why. I saw that too, where they thought that it was more realistic after that date, for yeah. whatever reason. Okay. I'd Google it, but I'd get yelled at for my loud keyboard. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> maybe, maybe game checks. I, uh, I don't know. So, okay, I guess Ken says after that you can do it, but I wouldn't count on it at this point. So, <laughs> all right. Made Wiley asks: Is it a good thing that we just look great so far in the preseason, or is it just completely <laughs> meaningless? Well, we actually don't look great. Did you know that the Ravens? Are on a twenty-four game preseason win streak? No, they're not. Twenty-eight? No, zero. Oh, sorry, they just lost, but they were. <laughs> I should rephrase. They were, then they lost. So now they're on zero. Uh, it's <laughs> it's like ninety-nine percent meaningless. Um, but you know, it's good if individual players look good, and a lot of them have, especially young ones. So um, you can take away a lot of good things. It's just you know, winning games and putting up a lot of points doesn't matter that much. It's more how you look doing it. Preseason yeah. is all about looks. Just, just <laughs> the two, like the, life. The 2008 Lions went 4-0 in the preseason. Yes, and then oh, and was it 16? Oh, and 16. Yes, yes there was still 16 games at the time. A tremendous statistic. <laughs> Amazing. Actually, Joe Barry's really finest performance. Oh, God, there's still more to come with Joe Barry. Uh, okay, we've got. To, I'm going to have to take a deep breath here because old man on a bike in Sherlington is leaning all the way into the bit. Which of course we appreciate, but it's gonna it's gonna take some time. So. Hey, you're the one making memes about him on Twitter, all right? Like you have. I don't know this. what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's just me discovering that one of the paint programs on my computer has a more intellectual cutting tool than I thought, and uh, has enabled me to. Yeah, uh, cutting to tools go have gotten really good. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. my phone. My phone will do cutouts now. It's great. I'm an old man on a bike on the final stretch of a Midwest road trip, who did not have a chance to watch the last preseason game due to the absence of any semblance of TV or internet in rural in rural Ontanagan 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 County. I've been continually impressed by the amount of Packers apparel worn by the good folks of the Midwest on this trip and have observed over the years that Packers fans tend to update their Packers gear whenever we win a Super Bowl. Growing up in Green Bay, everyone who was anyone had the 1996 Mardi Gras Super Bowl champion hat. Ooh, I can vouch for that. Very purple. And the, and the upper crust of society wore the almost timeless black leather Packers jacket. Many, but not all, of those articles of clothing were retired in 2010 when the Packers next won a Super Bowl, ushering in a new age of synthetic Packers shirts. I myself freely admit that I continue to wear a circa 2011 Packers shirt that is more suitable to someone who is 30 pounds lighter, and my family eagerly awaits the day that shirt can be replaced with something more suitable for an old man who rides a bike. My question is, when can Packers fans expect to update their wardrobes following another Super Bowl victory? Is next season a possibility? the end 24 is your absolute earliest man well so i think if you if if they hit stuff here and love's actually good then yeah 24 is possible and like i think this season will end up looking kind of like like 2009 uh packers a little bit where um they kind of get things together in the second half but it's still an inexperienced bunch not quite all there um but so far, I mean, it's preseason. This is stupid, but um, so far, early returns on the draft class are good, and early returns on love are good. So yeah, uh, they're not going to win it this year because you know the AFC is out there, and Patrick Mahomes is out there. And if they luck into the playoffs, they're going to get annihilated by actual good teams at some point. But you know, if they add some safeties next year and have a year to mature, all right, you got something. So, uh, I was I was doing some math on a on a uh, playoff calculator today, and I legitimately like non homerism had the Packers at four and eight after week thirteen, which is uh, week thirteen's the Chiefs game. Yeah. Um, and then the the last five games were beyond winnable, and and they snuck into the playoffs yeah. at nine and eight. I mean, their schedule is very simple. Like it doesn't take much to, for them to have a very good record, and if they had something like a Viking season this year, where they kind of punched above their weight class and you know got knocked down in the playoffs, that would not be that surprising. Would you believe I literally used the phrase "punch above their weight class" and sneak into the playoffs earlier today? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would believe that. It is a cliche for a reason. Yeah, I said it to Zach Cruz. Yeah, oh, um, all right. So, and also, uh, fun fact, Ontonagon County and Gogebic County are touching in Michigan, and Gogebic is where the central time zone begins. Um, but there's right. a point where Ontonagon and Gogebic are actually touching on a north-south, so, like, the the, the border is running east-west. Um, and it happens to be on Lake Gogebic, where my father used to live, yep. and we would very often celebrate New Year's twice. Twice, yeah, yep. Good That's times. Cool. So, yeah, that's why I know how to say Antanag. All right. PJ Wessels, by the way, if you are an old man on a bike, you're not 30 pounds overweight. Come on. We we know. You, you, you know. <laughs> you keep up with it. It's good. It's yeah. good. Congratulations. PJ, <laughs> PJ Wessels with a mercifully shorter question. When the season starts, we can start assessing the team with DVOA, Anya, EPA, etc. Which of the advanced statistics get adjusted or tweaked partway through the season like DVOA does as defenses are better understood or values? Um, right. EPA does not get adjusted at all. It is just 
there are, first of all, it's like war. There's a few different versions of EPA because there's different ways you can calculate it. And I shouldn't be that definitive because I think some may actually maybe do get adjusted. Um, I, I know that some models take into account even pregame like betting odds. So it depends on your EPA a little bit. The model that comes with FastR, I don't think updates over the course of the season. Um, but there are those that definitely do because there are EPA and WPA calculators that do that. DVOA obviously does. The D is defense adjusted, and that defense adjustment changes over the course of the season based on the quality of defenses being faced. I don't think um, NEA does, but I actually don't know what the adjustments are in it, so I could be wrong about that. I have never looked into it for no good reason. I should have done that at some point. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think it... So, I read The Hidden Game of Football, which is uh, Pete Palmer's book about developing the stats, uh, like the adjusted yards per uh, YA stats, which mostly give you extra credit yardage-wise for things like scoring touchdowns to account for the fact that a one-yard touchdown pass to the back of the end zone is credited with 11 yards. So like most of the adjustments are like that, but um, things get more sophisticated over time. But DVOA... Uh, definitely EPA sometimes. Anya, I don't think I'll look it up, but no, I don't think so. Hmm. Matt, do you know better? I could be wrong about it. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I <laughs> I do know that there have been multiple people who have tried to come up with like EPA plus. Yeah. Th- like um, there are different models of it. Like they're, they're not all the same. So some pro- I'm sure do adjust for it. Cause there's a, there's an OPS plus, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah. So I think that they have tried to model after that. Yeah. If you just use the fa- yeah. if you use the fast R version, um, it does not. I don't think update. So, yeah. All right, Devlin Sheehan asks, "How funny would it be if calling plays from the booth was the only thing standing between Joe Barry and coordinating a successful defense?" <laughs> it would be, Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, fun, it's funny. I guess "funny" is the right word in this scenario. It's <laughs> absurd, absurdist funny. I don't understand. So. Uh, if I was coordinating a defense in particular, but anything, I'd want to be in the booth. Like you want the all twenty-two view live as it's happening, right? Like anything else is dumb. If you're on the so if you're on the sidelines, you maybe you're just super awesome at being able to tell what's happening from the two D plane. Maybe you are, but I feel like what you are in that scenario is mostly a uh, a rah rah coach or a communications coordination coach. You want to be able to talk to people motivate them offer corrections from information you get from upstairs but if you're an actual strategy person you definitely want to be upstairs 100 percent. so maybe that's possible it would be incredibly stupid if that was the case for joe barry in particular but uh who am i to judge he keeps getting jobs and millions of dollars so more power to him it's almost like the the spot really needs to be two jobs it's the strategic Mm -hmm. the, the strategic part that looks up from above and it's the communications human relations part that you know has to get guys to work together or you know diagnose things and be able to see them face to face i feel like you really well i mean the boss joe barry graduated oh. joe barry graduated from usc so he probably was a communications major <laughs> yeah so. very good. ouch <laughs> very good take that usc people well he transferred out of u of m like <laughs> <laughs> sorry like he, he didn't go because he was better <laughs> okay Fair enough. Tim Braun. Tim Braun asks, "Why doesn't Twitter seem to like Samari Turi very much? Why should we like him more than what I've been seeing online?" <laughs> That's a fair question. Twitter slash X. So, it's definitely a fair question, and also um, a lot of Samari Turi hate online is driven by two people in particular. One is Jacob Westendorf. I forget who the, the other one's like 
uh, Brian Malfi, I think. I don't know. But um, the problem with Samori Toure from a from the standpoint of a lot of people is he is good at a lot of things, but not great in any one thing. And uh, a lot of people see his production at Nebraska as a little illusory because Nebraska didn't pass that much. He was their leading receiver by leaps and bounds, but I think he only had 46 catches because Nebraska's stupid. Um, their second leading receiver that year was Austin Allen. He had 26 catches. That was the second leading receiver in Nebraska. Um, so, uh, he does a lot of soft stuff well. He's reliable. He runs his routes correctly. People have already seemed to seemingly forgotten. He was extremely good in game one, where he was dynamic, catching balls down the field. Uh, he made a few scramble drills actually happen, which is nice. He is a willing but not good blocker. Um, and he actually kind of... He, I, I joke a lot about Sean Clifford being an old man. Samori Toure, one of the few guys who's older. <laughs> and mm-hmm. does bring some reliability to it. The other thing that's good about Samori Toure versus a lot of other players on the team is he can be effective both in the slot and outside. And so if you are running plays that require a shift in personnel, he's actually better at that than Reed is because Reed outside has severe trouble... Um, getting off the line properly and uh, trying to moss much larger people. Toure is a much better soft skill route runner on the outside. So um, that's all the stuff that's better. He's not a monster like Keith. He's not a straight line burner like Reed is, although he's almost as fast as Reed in the 40-yard dash. Um, He is like a a yellow Raz guy. He's good at everything, but not great at anything. Hmm. Clearly, Joel Osment says, besides Savage, what other sunk cost starters should be benched or traded? Myers. Stokes, he asks. Myers. Myers, Myers. for sure. Stokes is a tricky one. Um, I think he's going to start on Pup. Doesn't that mean they don't actually have to make that you don't decision? Have to, that's correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything with that. But I, I, get, your, I, get, the, I get why Stokes is here, um, because he was good and then was very bad, and now maybe has lost a bunch of speed. So I get it. But Myers is the correct answer. Uh, Man, where have we seen that before? Where a corner was good and then gets hurt and then loses a bunch of speed in his doo-doo butt cheeks. <laughs> was was he good, though, in the beginning, Kevin King? Is that who yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, All Kevin right. King was as good as Stokes was. Like, All right, fair enough. He was beyond serviceable and then like became a full-on liability when he came back. Was it his hip? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, King King tall straight up lost like, disease. That's what he had. But also he straight tall. up lost like two tenths off of his forty. Like, yeah. by the way, the other one is AJ Dillon. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. <laughs> Can we stop putting the content guys on the chopping block, please? Because... <laughs> I don't want the mayor gone, but he can go be a full time mayor then. <clears throat> Yo, we can't we can't get by if AJ Dillon's not on this team. Um, <laughs> it's. It's not something I'm willing to entertain at this time, especially if you're going to get rid of Jonathan Owens. Oh, my goodness. If you, um, got rid, if you get rid of Jonathan <laughs> Owens and A.J. Dillon on the same day. It oh, would be you, murder for the content. Rough day for content. No, there, have would just be, there would just be a lot of sombrero content. Uh, yeah, there's some of that. Yep, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is healthy for the content. He's healthy. I like that. Um, it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Y'all, you guys, people have no idea the page views that A.J. Dillon brings, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's great. People have no idea. Oh, he do. is, like, this This state loves him. They do. Loves they do. him. And they should. Like, why not? He's he's great. He's What a what a personality. He's and, a like, good personality. Totally fell in love. He's a good character. He he goes up on the roof at Al Johnson's. He uh, 
He's there for the goat parade. What more can you ask for? All right, Patrick Detmer says, can you help a father of three with no time on his hands solve this conundrum for this football for yes. his football video game fix of the year? All right, I'm checking out. I'll read this, but then I'm checking out. Should should this father, A, spend an excessive amount of money on a PS5 so he can play Madden on a next-gen console, B, continue playing Tecmo Super Bowl hacks with updated rosters and schedules on his Nintendo Entertainment System, or C, buy Madden on the PS4 again for a discounted price around Christmas while he continually laments that the game has been poopy since EA started using the Frostbite engine? <laughs> I feel like this is catnip for Matt and I. Do you want to go yeah, first I'm, or second? I'm literally taking my headphones off. <laughs> I'll go second. <laughs> All right. So JR literally took his headphones off and is walking, is away, walking from away his computer. I hope he comes back in time to read the next question. But if he doesn't, that's okay. All right. So Patrick um, and everybody else in the same kind of space as Patrick here. First of all, don't play Tecmo Super Bowl with your kid. It's for you. It's an old person game. I love Tecmo Super Bowl. You can maybe get a kid interested in it for a little tiny bit, um, but that's that's not the solution to your problem here. The solution to your problem here is actually Blitz, um, which is a super fun kid game especially there are a lot of good versions for it i'm you know i'm a collector i got stuff around here um I, my favorite version is the dreamcast but you can get blitz for lots of things and emulators and whatnot um and blitz is super fun to play um i do you can't get modern rosters that's one bad thing about it. i don't think you can um matt will correct me if you can but uh it's four player it is super aggro so like kids love all all of the the hitting and flying up in the air and stuff like that it looks pretty um even if you i have an upscaler on my dreamcast but even if you can't get that any arcade emulator and blitz will look fantastic it will look like a modern game or at least close enough to keep kids interested and it's the most fun to play um so if they're into simulations you're going to be stuck in madden no matter what you can't go back in time and do 2k i don't think but uh if you just want to play like 15 minutes at a you time, can you can emulate 2k absolutely well you can but you're, you're not gonna here child play this emulated football 2k game. like that's not gonna well you can you can do 2k5 with updated updated rosters and upscale to 4k i do it okay that's fine just get played actually all pro all pro football 2008 is the most updated version of the 2k engine and you can get you can get um uh updated rosters for it okay so however to answer the madden question if you want to play next gen madden they actually added it to pc this year it's the reason that i went back to madden yep um, they heavily increased the minimum requirements for the game. But with that said, uh, it previously could run on an overclocked potato. Uh, now you just have to have a competent computer. So the minimum specs required to run Madden 23 are an i3-6100 or a GeForce GTX 660 graphics card or an RX 460. You can buy an RX 460 on eBay for $40. Um, you can find an i3-6100 uh, Dell Optiplex on eBay for less than a hundred dollars. So, for under two hundred bucks, you can build a gaming PC that will handle the next gen Madden, and you get all of the next gen goodness. Um, and I, so, I, I have a, a pretty ca competent gaming PC. Um, I play on ultra settings, and I have one hundred and twenty FPS locked, like guaranteed one hundred twenty FPS. Um, if I was on my old rig that I built for $500 in 2016, um, it would run on high settings. Like it's, you don't need that much of a PC to run it. You really just need any PC made in the last five years that has a graphics card. Like, yep. so that would be, if you want to play Sim, that's the way to go. 
Oh, also, you can get Blitz on anything pretty much, but also uh, Arcade 1-Up does make a four-player Blitz, so you can also do that. <laughs> it, they sold it at Costco. I had to walk by it every single time. I was, it was so bad. Yeah. I look over at my wife, and she'd just be like, no, no, no. We, don't, <laughs> we live in an 1,100-square-foot tri-level. Like, where are you going to put it? <laughs> yeah, that is the problem. All right, I think we're done in JR's back, so let's go to the next one. <laughs> yep. I'm happy for you or sorry that happened. You know, <laughs> you know. I, I ain't reading all that. <laughs> right, listen to all that. Um, all right, JD asks, a lot of talk about keeping seven wide receivers due to the talent toward the back of the depth chart with Wicks, Dubose, Melton, and Heath. Do you believe they will keep seven? We did talk about this earlier. Sub-question over <laughs> under 10 touchdowns for Watson this season. Um, get Melton yeah. off of my Melton team. Sucks. I don't, yeah, he's I don't want his name anymore. Melton's not making the team. Uh, that silliness not happening. So, um, If how, Watson plays 17 games, I think 11 touchdowns is realistic. I, I'll take the under on that. That's a lot of touchdowns. And uh, he's not going to be a big volume guy. Uh, he's going to be a big touchdown guy, but that's too much. Right, um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Was it 2014, James Jones, when he like he had like 700 yards, but he had like 14 touchdowns? Yeah, but that was Aaron forcing to his old buddy. Um, <laughs> and and uh, they'll keep seven. If they keep seven wide receivers, it'll be very temporary. It'll be to get somebody on IR um, temporarily. But that'll be. It. It'll be six most of the season, and they'll have to make a hard decision. They're not keeping and, seven the whole season. Not happening. And realistically, in the past, when they've kept seven wide receivers, it's been because one or two of them are special teams guys. Like like Jeff Janis was part of a seven wide receiver stable, right? But he wasn't really wide receiver. He was kind Those of guys are safeties now. Yeah. So like, yeah, like. <laughs> uh, from Rob Regis, as a Chicagoan, I haven't seen the Bears be this chirpy in a very long time. Probably since their Super Bowl season in 06. Why are they so invested in the hopium when their ceiling is realistically six to eight wins? It's not about the Bears. It's about the Packers. They, they yep. sense weakness. The, the quarterbacks are gone. They have a chance. There's an opening, and so that's why they're seizing on it. Now, it, it it's not a they're not in a strong position to do it themselves, but that is the explanation, that uh, Eric Rodgers is gone. They don't have to live with that every day, and so they're they're like, this is their opportunity to, to, to spout off and be annoying. I like it. All right, Dr. Hillbilly asks, who is a surprise candidate for a cut when they need to drop to 53? Royce Newman doesn't count. Oh, I, I mean, I hope Royce Newman is cut to the 75. Like I did. <laughs> does Toure does count? Sadly, there is no 75. Yeah. <laughs> There's only the 53. 50, 52? 53? 53. Right, but let's just, let's just say they cut to 89 one day. And that one cut, <laughs> one cut is Royce Newman. I don't think I would be sad about it. That'd be very funny. Um, sorry, what did you say, Paul? Uh, Who if Toure counts, it might be him. It's yeah. gonna be. It's gonna be. T- receiver's gonna be tough to to squeeze somebody on. And um, the other one might be one of the safeties we talked about. If you think of Rudy Ford or Jonathan Owens as a, as a surprise cut, mm-hmm. that would one of them would be my bet as well. Right. Well, we, I, we we literally just talked about multiple people having them both as, as roster locks, locks yeah. and one of them is getting cut. Well, and AJ Dillon too. If if he gets caught, he's like, not getting caught. No, he'd be <laughs> traded. They still have they still have a year of of sure, sure. Yeah, you're right. That would be right. surprising though. <laughs> I, I mean, people would lose their minds. I I don't think anybody would see that coming. Similar to Josh Sitton, even though there was a little bit of writing on the wall that was you know, there. I felt like Josh Sitton was completely out of left field. 
I, I feel like in retrospect, it fit kind of what you would have expected from that team. And they were right, I think, ultimately. That, they were notorious at that point for not keeping, what, old guards? Old old tackles? <laughs> old, yeah. <laughs> the old guards. Old guards. Old guard. LOL. Yeah. Yes. But I have I have a very distinct memory, Paul, of you specifically losing your mind at that. Possibly. Going, I don't know. Going, he was on a team-friendly deal. He's still good. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like I, that sticks out in my mind because it's, it's possible. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't that long ago. If you're on I a mean, team-friendly deal. I usually like keeping you, especially if you're an offensive lineman. But yeah, then but Sitton had the rumors around him, right? In the hindsight, that were part of it. But yeah, and then he just he wasn't very good. So later on, yeah. But yeah, surprise cuts for me is is uh, one of the safeties. And Yosh trade, Yosh Yash trade would be my other thing that might happen. Yashi. <laughs> All right, we're done with the Patreon questions. Let's move to Twitter. We've only got a couple of these. Uh, Crow Pack Crow. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. No, no. Well, you're, you're skipping two there, yeah. Chief. I am not. Oh, no. Skipping two. JR, refresh your screen. I don't Uh-oh. know. I don't know. Uh-oh, JR. Okay, then I'll read them. <clears throat> no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. You're either a fart smeller or. Wait, hold on. You're either a smart fella or a fart smeller. The, the, the Matub Hive is, is, is a tough hang. All right. There has been a lot of discussion about whether or not Jordan Love will be a success and how well he has to play to be one. But my question is more about how, how he would achieve this success. Will it be superior arm talent, allowing him to make throws others cannot? Orchestration of the LaFleur offense to perfection? Supreme accuracy on shorter throws? Superb improvisation and playmaking? In other words, what are his plus pitches? He's really good at being Matt LaFleur's puppet. Yeah, so... The main one there being orchestration of the LeFleur offense to perfection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, by the way, has been really good on improvisation plays in the preseason, for whatever that's worth. Um, he's the third highest graded after Hertz and Burrow, which is not bad company to be in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, worth keeping that in mind, and his mobility has been good. But I think it is mostly just um, getting away from some Aaron little hitches about not running the offense correctly and that's i mean the arm's good like it's a it's a plus but just run that offense with a good arm and you're gonna be fine in in a similar vein the rams went to the super bowl with jared goff half having to stare at, at his coach after every play <laughs> ah, that was like, a fun what, one. what do i what do i do now buddy and he's like throw it that way I'm like okay like <laughs> Which, by the way, I think Jordan Love is actually not... He's more capable than that. Um, but yes. he, I think he has a good understanding of what uh, what they want to do and the benefits of doing it. So that that's it. He, he just needs to run the offense intelligently and he'll be fine. All right, the last Patreon question is from Price Trozen. Question A, can good corners hide meh safeties? Kind of talked about that. Yeah. yeah we can uh, riff on that. Uh, really quick. They can, um, but they have to be really good. Um, mm-hmm. You want your safeties basically to be able to freelance. Like you need to be good enough that you're just blanketing everybody, which maybe they have. Um, but it takes a lot. But it helps. Um, saf- safeties are at their worst when they have to actually be safeties, and they're at their best when they can just be sort of helpers to come and finish off people. And that's kind of that. All right, question B. I see JR follows Rob Harvilla on Twitter. What's your favorite episode of Songs That Explain the 90s? Mine is My Heart Will Go On. Oh, yeah, I said it. <laughs> Did you guys call 
did you call Price while my eyes were glazed over and I fell into a coma as you were talking about video games to, as some sort of balance, give something for JR to be? No, I I, I updated the questions at about two o'clock today. So, okay. Uh, I don't I don't know who Rob Harvilla is. Yeah, I don't listen to this. I'm sure you guys don't, but Price uh, Price is a, is a guy after my heart, which will go on because 60 <laughs> songs that explain the 90s, which has been up to 120 songs total, even though the name of the podcast is the same, takes one sort of deep dive onto a 90s song. Roughly every week, he takes massive breaks, but once uh, once a week, you get a, a new 90s song. I haven't actually listened to the last few episodes, but this has been an obsession of mine for quite some time. Rob Harvilla is a music critic writer for the ringer.com, which is a website I greatly enjoy for its non-sports content uh it's sports content is mm, too much bill simmons but um <laughs> my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite episode of 60 songs to explain the 90s is the semi-charmed life episode of third eye blind uh, third eye blind song because it's ba- they bring on the eve six lead singer another band i love and a great oh, twitter follow and the best twitter follow Yes. Max Collins, they bring him on just to basically say how awful the lead singer of Third Eye Blind is, but he reluctantly agrees that Third Eye Blind has a real banger on their hands with this song, and nobody else could have done it the way they did it. Okay, but also, it's they had a hit single about having a meth addiction. That's true, and they made it sound like the song of summer. It was really right. quite something. Yeah. They admit it. like they, they don't hide it. It's like, yeah, we don't know why people were into it. Uh, I love Third Eye Blind very much. I acknowledge that they have problems, but I, I love them very much, so I did like that episode. The episode Smells Like Teen Spirit, which is actually a fairly recent one, is basically in a long-form interview with Courtney Love, and she talks about some of the origins of the song and has original lyrics from the song that Kurt had written down, and that was fascinating courtney love is a crazy interview at all times it's very uh you know add for lack of a better term like it's it's all it jumps around you have a hard time following it sometimes half the time you have no idea what she's talking about but when she but but she really is interesting she really is a fascinating person and so uh, that is also a very good episode every everyone you learn something you learn something about a song you didn't know anything about or you learn something new about a song you loved and cherished so jr i gotta ask you a question mm-hmm is there a song that you believe should have an episode that doesn't? Um. Well, there are a few bands that haven't been featured that I feel like they're waiting on. So I don't know if there's, I don't know. The last few there have been songs that have come out. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That song, that song was pretty small. Um. So I don't, uh, it's a good question. I would say that probably the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks would be, ah, uh, cool. even though I'm not not really a country guy. I we haven't. We, he's had country. He's had like Achy Breaky Heart and uh, man, uh, Shania Twain song. I'm not sure if it was. Now that I think about it, if Man I Feel Like a Woman and that don't impress me much. I think it was Man I Feel Like a Woman. Um, so he's had country, but Garth Garth was the '90s for country. So I would I would yeah. be interested in that. I mean, also Alan Jackson, but like. <laughs> yes, uh, I do remember when Don't Rock the Jukebox came out. That was his first song, and yes, but uh, but I think Garth was the defining. I mean, everything shifts around him, country music wise, in the nineties. So, so I, I just looked up the the episode list. Um, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Have not listened to that episode. That's a recent one. Is that a that's a that's a recent episode? I don't know. Is it? I, I, no, I'm I, looking. I, I'm looking at the original sixty, and it's not in there. I don't know if it's oh, part yeah, of the one twenty. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That, Then there um, probably is not an episode about so it. So that that song to me is the beginning of the '90s. It came out in 1990. If you watch the music video, you can see the '80s dying in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's a there's a shift from the '80s to the '90s in that music video. That's when the '90s started. All right. So, yeah. Go listen. Go listen to that song. Okay. 
I do I do know that song, but I if, if there was an episode it's recent because I have not listened to that one. But it's not part of the original sixty. I don't know if it's part of the, the new Yeah, I don't think so then. I don't think so. Um but yeah, it's a lot of personal essays from Rob Harvilla. He's very good. Very, very, very good. Uh okay, uh let's go to Twitter questions. Crow Pack Crow, shout to our friends out east. Are Myers, Deguara, <laughs> and all the safeties really as bad as most of the training camp reports suggest, or simply some players are overly criticized while others are overhyped? We've talked about the safeties and Myers a little bit, but maybe Deguara we could we could riff on here. Yeah, he's been bad, um, kind of unexpectedly. I thought he would have a mm. good, good camp as the experienced tight end playing H back and catching sort of easy passes, but he's had a rough camp. So I think that's yeah. legit. Um, mm-hmm. These are all pretty legit. Um, Myers maybe gets it a little harder because of the Creed Humphrey not problem. Being, but, yeah, he's not Creed Humphrey. Uh, yeah. But still, he's had a bad camp too. So no, these are all pretty legit. And the safeties aren't surprising because the safeties are all special teams guys who shouldn't be NFL safeties and Darnell Savage. <laughs> Jonathan Deal asks, who is your favorite player that advanced stats really do not like? Reed. So the thing is, that's not even true. Like just because I say it doesn't mean that I know. I'm just doing it to. I'm just bugging you, man. <laughs> I, I I actually put some thought into this one. I think it's Ty Montgomery for me. Um, oh, who is not great, but has carved out a long NFL career by being a okay running back who's okay at catching passes, and uh, was a very important cog in a Packer offense at one point. So. Um, that, that's, that's my answer there. And guys kind of like that, I think are a little undervalued, generally speaking, even Christian McCaffrey, I think is a little undervalued. He gets still lumped in with the, the well, Matt's giving me a face, but he still gets lumped in with the running backs don't matter thing. Uh, when he, he, the 49ers traded a lot and paid him a lot. Um, but he is kind of a unicorn in his ability to catch passes and run for, for power. And I feel like in that offense in particular, that's extremely valuable. So Guys like that are my general answer, but Ty Montgomery specifically is my answer. General answer. Uh, Brandon Jackson. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. What? Like his his contributions don't show up on stat sheets, so he's you're right, you're right. a poor he was EPA a player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's Bryce Terang. Uh Kale Willis <laughs> on Blue Sky. Uh, I because I'm not smart enough at the I don't I don't dig enough deeply into the advanced stats to know who's who. So uh, I will trust your judgment. KL Willis is your guy Toure making the 53. Paul, I would bet yes, but I'm not putting any heavy funding on that bet. It's gonna be tight. So Tough. I think so, but ugh, gonna be close. They're, they can't cut both him and Austin Allen. They can't cut all of Nebraska. I would be so they? sad if they cut all of Nebraska. I, I'm having a <laughs> I'm I'm pouring one out if that happens. You'd have an existential crisis. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll make it. I think he's done enough that um, he's still okay. But, um, you know, their receiving depth has gotten a lot better, and it's become much more competitive. This wouldn't have been a question the last couple of years, and now it is. So good for them on that. Yeah. All right, guys, we out. We, we did it. Done. Hooray. Um, so, yeah, um, they play Seattle soon. And before we go, Jared, you got any cool things to plug? So if you are an early adopter on this podcast and listen right away on Wednesday mornings, first of all, good morning. Thank you for listening to us so quickly. Um, today's a big day if it's Wednesday because around noon, the Seniors Committee, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is going to announce its three finalists for Hall of Fame induction. This is not a 
uh, finalist is, is a very good situation. It's not like they're going to pick one of the three. All three will be forwarded to the Hall of Fame committee. Given yay or nay vote, overwhelmingly, the players who are forwarded as finalists do get inducted from the seniors committee. And uh, they're going to have three guys. They'll be re- they'll be released. Sterling Sharp has a really good chance to be one of those guys. It's not a slam dunk, but if he's one of those guys, it's going to be a very strong likelihood that he is added to the class of 2024 as a Hall of Famer, um, which is going to be very exciting. I, I don't I don't know how how many sterling sharp stands there are out there people that like really even remember those early 90s but he was easily my favorite player early on growing up Uh, i do have a story at jsonline.com that we'll post in the event that he is one of those three finalists uh i encourage you if you have any interest to go and rewatch shannon sharp's hall of fame induction speech back in 2011 i'm the second best player in my family and i'm the only one in the hall of fame yep famously said that i am the only guy in this hall of fame who is the second best in his family sterling sharp Mm -hmm. presented him was there it was extremely emotional. It was incredibly moving, even all these years later to watch all that. Um, you know, and Sterling Sharp sometimes had a cantankerous relationship with with media or whatever, but like for the most part, just an incredible seven years with the Packers. Had it had this, of course, catastrophic neck injury that kept him from playing again. But um brevity is the only reason he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, he is a Hall of Fame, those seven years are Hall of Fame years. If you extrapolate, give him four more seasons with his career norms. He would be a top 10 receiver all time in touchdowns and he would be top 20 all time in receiving yards or 21st, maybe. That, that, the, that the extrapolation moment... is under serving Sterling Sharp 100%. Too, because he's going 100%. to play those four years with Favre instead of Mikowski's in garbage. And that's going that's to correct. make him even better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, the moment that Terrell Davis was allowed into the Hall of Fame, <laughs> Sterling Sharp should have been able to follow him in. Yeah, also yes. true. Terrell that, Davis was true good for us. four years. He was good for four years and that's it. Yep. I, that's true for a lot of guys, you know, even on the coaching front, like Bill Cowher is in. So why isn't Mike Holmgren? I mean, you could you could play that game all day. But look, Don I, Coriel took 60 years to get in. It is a it is a travesty. I mean, Don Coriel like invented football, kind of. He, inv- in he invented the modern <laughs> offense. Like offense as we yeah. know it was invented. He did. By he him, did. Yes. yes, he did. He did just get in. Um, Buddy Parker is going to be the coach contributor this year. So not not Holmgren, but. I really think if Sterling Sharp doesn't get in this year, I think he will next year. There's going to be three players again forwarded next year from the seniors committee. But anyway, it's you know just worth if 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 it happens, you'll find my story at jsonline.com. Otherwise, you know I'm writing about the Milverine and whatever else pops up. So uh, <laughs> Jr. be like be like uh, write an article about we should throw out a first punch at the Brewers games. That's right, man. That's uh, right, man. Big night at the ballpark. Yes, happy Milverine. And the Brewers won. All. Brewers won on Milverine. Right. Pretty pretty handily, too. Oh, yeah. They had a great... Um, right before we started the podcast, I don't know what inning it was, but they managed to get a guy on third, and the Twins bought, brought their infield in, which is always a bad idea. And the Brewers hit literally four consecutive singles directly over the drawn-in infield that all would have been outs had they been playing at normal depth. One of them would have uh, been... It was the, the sixth. The sixth where they put up a five spot, yes. All right. Matt, do you have anything to plug? Um... No, I actually I got to talk about Madden twice, so like I'm You're good. good. <laughs> All right, that works. So okay, we'll have the mini pod on Friday. Um, it will be better than last week when I was on vacation, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be there. And then we have regular, we have week off and regular season coming up. So uh, we'll start doing some Bears and Vikings and Lions previews as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the Seattle game, enjoy not seeing Jackson Smith. Thanks for the wrist, and we'll be back next week. Of all who came before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who got the hooch?
Ooh.